Get ready, get ready. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And we got a From the middle of the field, Stephen Hauschkin trying to break the tie. Snap is down, the kick is on the way, and the kick is good. He made it, he made it. Stephen Hauschka breaks the tie with four minutes and 44 seconds left to play in the game. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome into the BuffaloDown.com Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. John Murphy, the call on the Buffalo Bills radio network is the Buffalo Bills are 3-1 and one going into week four of the season. I would say throughout the course of the offseason, even amidst the Sammy Watkins trade and the Ronald Darby trade, Alex, you and I have been pretty optimistic, but if I was a betting man, I would not have bet based on all the news and everything we heard this summer that this team would be 3-1 at at this point, and although judgment is still meant to be reserved, I'm pretty ecstatic at this point right now. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I think it's been one of the better stories of the NFL season. Um, and it shows what this regime is all about. It's about seriousness. Um, they're going to bring a level of... When they said playoff caliber, they actually meant it this offseason. It wasn't like some Rex, oh, great hyperbole. It really was. We think we're going to be playoff caliber. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I I don't know that a coach would openly admit to tanking, but Sean McDermott said, no, you know, we are building for the future, but we want to win now, and we think we have a team that can win now. And, I mean, he's proven everyone right so far. But we're only, you know, a quarter of the way into the season. There's a lot of football left to be played out there. And, you know, having seen starts like in 2008 and 2011 where we we started hot and finished ice cold, I'm waiting to reserve judgment each and every week. Uh, It's a a very much, it's a cliche here, but it's a one game at a time kind of season. And I'd be honest, we'll, we'll talk about the game against Cincinnati coming up in detail here. But I'm a little nervous going into this week, as I have been every single week here, that this is a good Bills team, but I don't feel like they're they're great that you, you know, in the games that they've won other than the Jets game, I've never sat back and felt comfortable. I've been on pins and needles every single game, and uh, it was nonetheless, uh, you know, that's what it was here uh, against Atlanta. So as optimistic and as much as I love this Bills team, and the kind of roster that they're putting together right now, um, I'm still on pins and needles every single game. Yeah, and the thing is, this team always seems like they they're not going to, um, they they always seem like they're going to fall into the traps of the old Bills teams. You know, yes. that game was the perfect old school Bills game to lose. Yep. We come in play really tight. We're we're driving down in the fourth quarter. We get two late field goals, and we're like, "Oh wow, this is going so well, going so well." And then all of a sudden, that fourth down play, ten men on the field, and we still stopped them. We had ten men on that last play, and that would have been any other Bills year, any other year. Matt Ryan scores a touch. You know, they throw it to somebody who was uncovered on the play because we only had ten men, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, and I, I just think this team just feels a little different. I'm 
we could go on a 12-game losing streak because we're bu- the Buffalo Bills. That's just what could happen here. But right now, it's we're feeling, you know, it's just one of those things where you feel optimistic, but you feel like a very, like, jaded optimism. Like, okay, this is progress. I like what I'm seeing. Um, I, To be honest, I've been seeing the praises of McDermott this whole time, and I think that this, like, the... Tredavious White touchdown is something if you went to the uh, if you went to training camp you would have seen from day one. Yeah, they picked the, always anytime the ball hit the ground they were picking the defense was picking it up and running it into the end zone. Yep, I mean it's fundamental, right? I mean teaching it to play to the whistle. Uh, you know, somebody seemed. I mean, we saw pretty much Atlanta lay back there because they thought it was going to be an incompletion. I even thought, even after he returned it and they called it a touchdown, I thought it was incompletion. But that's what they teach you. That's why you play to the whistle. And like I said, just further proof on how fundamentally sound this team has been four weeks into the season. Yeah, and the thing is too is that that was a true like hustle play. Like honestly, that was the. The Bills showing their who they are as sort of like um, sort of who they are as a team. I think that um, you know that defensive play where they stuck through it and really Tre'Davious White took slowly jogged and then when he realized there was nobody around, took it to the house. He put on the Jets towards the end of it. If you watch it, he was flying and he didn't let up until he was in that end zone. No, he was. He was high speed when he made it in there. Jerry Hughes has been flourishing in this defense this year, and to see him uh, with the strip sack on the play, that was excellent to see. And Micah Hyde looked every bit like the free agent signing that I had hoped he would be uh, because I remember watching the uh, Cowboy-Green Bay game and one of the Bills groups I'm in, everyone's like, you know, hey, watch this Hyde guy. Uh, you know, we might target him this offseason. Sure enough, Buffalo brings him in, and uh, he had both interceptions in this game. He worked for both of those, and, I mean, this defense has uh, really, really looked good. They've been opportunistic. Um, You know, you can call it luck if you want there, but they're making the right plays at the right time. Um, They're not missing a lot of tackles. This is a very sound defense. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that builds this defense on like a fundamental level. Like they are starting, they re basically McDermott took this defense back to square one, and he said we're going to work on just literally tackling, and we're going to do everything as best we can, and then we're going to keep. And that was the one thing that you honestly saw in last year's defense and previous defenses in Gilmore and Darby especially Gilmore. Gilmore would Olay tackle a lot of the time. You just go for a knee, try to just nick him and make him fall over. And that caused a lot of big plays that, you know, you really don't see this Bills team giving up now because they're such uh, fundamentally strong tacklers. And it's funny, uh, go figure, I'm going to quote Mike Rodak, but he, he put up an interesting post today that said, you know, basically the entire salary of the Bills' secondary right now, at least their starting secondary, is less than what Stephon Gilmore is making a year in New England. And so far, that secondary has owned up while Stephon Gilmore has had trouble and has been getting torched in New England, as we saw him in uh, past years in, in Buffalo here, that it's amazing that how much that Buffalo decided, you know, we're going to walk away from Gilmore, we're not going to pay him that kind of money. And with a brand spanking new secondary here, because, you know, we didn't know we'd lose Darby. We did because uh, we traded him away for uh, some picks and uh, Jordan Matthews. 
that, uh, yeah, this secondary has come into their own and they fit exactly what Sean McDermott wants to do. Yeah, and I think uh, you have to have a very specific mindset, and I think McDermott looks for guys that are, it would be in high school and college what a cover two defensive coordinator looks for. You want your corners to be gritty, almost like wrestlers. They don't need to be super, you know, super athletes. They don't need to be, you know, 6'2", run a 4'3", They just need to be able to get gritty and fight for the ball and make those uh, corners or the wide receivers earn every single yard. And I think that's what we have. I, I, Tredavious White's a very gritty player. They play with their hands on the uh, – EJ Gaines as well plays with the hands on the receiver a lot. And so I think it's one of those things where McDermott has a very specific type of person he looks for in his corners, and he has been able to find that in specific players, that, and he can bring the best out of those players. Yeah, absolutely there. I mean, he's gotten a lot out of, uh, you know, like we said, we saw EJ Gaines come in questionable this week with a groin injury. Um, you know, like we said, they pick up Micah Hyde. They have a rookie in Tredavious White there. Uh, Jordan Poyer has looked really good in coming in from Cleveland. He, he's been able to, to get the best, like you said, out of these players there. Uh, Ramon Humber, who unfortunately is going to be out for a little bit here with a thumb injury. Uh, we've seen a lot out of him. We talked a lot about him on our last podcast here. Uh, I mean, this team is flourishing, like you said. He's brought back out the best in Jerry Hughes that we saw diminish in a couple years under Rex Ryan. I don't think necessarily it was Jerry Hughes. It was more what they were asking him to do uh, that they really have highlighted the bright spots personnel-wise on this defense. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people are sort of buying in more under Sean than under uh, Rex just because I I think Rex was, was a good coach and, but I just don't think that he held the players at the level of accountability where they wanted to be accountable not only for themselves but for their teammates. The whole family-oriented atmosphere that he's created, and you hear the word family a lot in that locker room. I liked it where they talked about during uh, training camp here where they would single out one guy every practice and they said, okay, go ahead, tell your story. And the fact that they really got to know each other and, you know, when the, when they're out there on the field, they're playing as a team. They're fighting for another. They they know these guys. You know, these are their brothers out there. And, you know, they really are playing as one. And we've said it before, and it sounds like a broken record, but that's what Sean McDermott, part of what he's instilled. They've gone back to their fundamentals. They've instilled accountability in a family-oriented atmosphere that these guys are playing for each other. They are truly playing as a team. Yeah, and I think that one thing that's a huge difference, and it's a really small thing that not a lot of people may notice, but at home games, when the Bills come in, they don't, they used to do half the team would go out, and then they'd introduce either the starting offense or the defense. They don't do that anymore. It's everybody runs onto the field at the same time. They break down, and then they, they break down as a huddle, and then they move over to the sideline. And I think, uh, that's one thing that sort of just speaks to McDermott's coaching philosophy as in we are all 53 guys, but I also think he has a little bit of the Belichick in him in that, okay, yeah, we're 53 guys, but it's got to be the next man up. 
Jordan Matthews goes down. We got to have somebody right in this place ready to go. You know, it, it's got to be one of those things where I think the uh, I, I think the next man up philosophy really does fit well with this team. Exactly. It's uh, it's gelled this group together. We said we saw a lot of movements on free agency. You got a lot of guys who hadn't played together that, you know, we've just seen a complete gelling there. And I want to kind of segue now from from defense onto the offensive side of the ball here that, you know, if they had Sammy Watkins at this point, I think there's some plays that they could have broken things open in games against Denver and in games against Atlanta, and they could have really used him in that lone loss they had against Carolina. But he's not here. It's the, you know we got Jordan Matthews who had a touchdown catch in this game. Unfortunately, he'll be out for a little bit here. Fortunately, we have the bye coming up, so he can heal a little bit at this point. But uh, the offense has you know held their own this year. Uh, you know, Shady didn't have stellar numbers, but you know he had decent. He had 79 yards rushing. Um, I think this week we'll, we should see him catch the ball a lot more out of the backfield and try to kind of play with this defense here that has a pretty good defensive front. Um, maybe a little bit more Mike Tolbert is someone who can really run it into the nose on these guys here. But, um, you know, to see him to take some shots downfield, <laughs> you, you pointed out last week, Alex, that, you know, Tyrod Taylor can never seem to do the right thing for the Bills fans. Either he's not throwing down the middle or he's not throwing downfield enough. You know, it's always something there. We've seen a little bit of out of everything. They had some really nice, long, sustained drives against Atlanta last week. Uh, there was one instance where a sack hurt them. Uh, a penalty here or there, but overall, the offense has been surprisingly decent. I, w- I wouldn't call them good at this point. They still have a ways to go, that, but they've been at least they've exceeded my expectations at this point. Yeah, I think that the offense has been ticking well. I know it's not like we're not putting up Drew Brees numbers, but I, I don't think we need that. I don't think we need those, oh, we're putting up 500 yards and we're scoring 55 points. Like, we're an AFC South team. That's or not AFC South, AFC North team. Think of the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers or the Ravens from like that from the 2000s to 2010. They didn't score more than 20 points, but what they did was they made you earn every single point, every single yard you took. They made you earn it, and I think that's how our Bills team is going to be modeled, sort of. Um, it's going to be a lot of just grinding it out. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be mean. Um, but you know what? It, it's honestly, I think that the Bills are going to make teams really earn every inch of the field. And I think a lot of teams will have will struggle with that because there's not many defenses in the NFL that really just fight you for every inch of the field. Talk about special teams here. You know, it was a game of inches, and, you know, when they were able to convert, they called on the leg of Steven Hauschka, who hit two 50-plus-yard field goals in that game. And I think – I'm not sure if it's either to tie or break the record for consecutive 50-plus-yard field goals, but, uh, I mean, he's been outstanding kicking the ball and kicking it deep. Uh, it helped that they played indoor this week. Um, but Hauschka has uh, definitely been – a very, very pleasant addition, uh, you know, especially when you compare it to the frustrations we had in the last two years with Dan Carpenter, especially last year that Hauschka has been, uh, you know, what we want in a kicker. And, you know, Buffalo's a franchise that I think has always truly relied on to have a reliable kicker. Uh, you know, you go back to the Steve Christie years, 
uh, and you fast forward to you know what they've had in the the recent you know even you know with the one season with uh, um, with Hollis and then Ryan Lindell coming in here that uh, I, again uh, some stability right now at least four weeks in uh, with kicking and Stephen Hauschka who has been the AFC uh, special teams player of the week two weeks in a row now. Yeah, and I think um, I think that may be one of our best free agent signings looking back on the 2017-2018 season. Um, you know, it, I think it's going to be, people are going to look and be like, wow, Hauschka really did. And I, and I think a good kicker in the NFL can completely change things for you, whether it be, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, position on the field or the swing of that that point total there honestly was that swing of six points at the end of that game really made it impossible because if you think about it how if they punt or Hauschka misses that kick they're only up by three and that fourth and goal that fourth and goal now that the Falcons were forced to go for now that's an easy field goal to tie it up and so I honestly think that Hauschka is going to be a huge dividend paying in future down the uh, down the road. Um, he's been a good cold weather kicker. He's been he played in Seattle where the conditions have been bad. He played in that negative uh, a bazillion game in Minnesota. And so um, I think that you know he will be a strong asset as the season goes along. I will agree with you on that. With that note, we'll go ahead and we'll take a time out and we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills matchup in Week 5 as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that fired their offensive coordinator a few weeks ago. And they've had a little bit of a turnaround here, coming off a pretty sizable win over the Cleveland Browns. So that coming up on the other side of a break, you're listening to the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Company Computer Guy. Mr. Company Computer Guy. You are the ruler of the RAM, the guru of the gigabyte, the monster of the memory. Show me the way. When we screw up the boot up, you are there. Without you, computers would megabyte. megabyte. The countless hours we spend surfing the internet and accidentally stumbling upon porn sites would instead be spent working. working for the man. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Company Computer Guy. For it's you who keeps our logons logging and our hard drives hard. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And welcome back to the BuffaloDown.com Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones happy to be joining you here as we get set for... Bills Bengals coming up here from Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Driven by that stadium a many time off of I-75 right on the shores of the Ohio River as the Bills will look to go to 4-1 and one as they go into the bye week. And I hate to say trap game, 
but this feels like a trap game just a little bit here. The Bengals, you know, were really, really ugly early on. Uh, eventually they go, they, they, they fired their offensive coordinator after just a dismal, dismal Thursday night performance against the Houston Texans. And last week, I mean, granted they played the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Browns look, you know, just as bad as I thought they would this year. But, uh, at this point coming in, um, I am worried in this game, like I said, at no point during this Bills season other than maybe the Jets game have I felt I've been able to relax. But, you know, this is a 1-3 Bengals team that I think could easily be overlooked. And Buffalo has done really well when ESPN, everyone at ESPN has picked against them. This week, everyone's picking the Bills. So, you know, superstition, if you will, here. But I am mildly concerned. What are your thoughts going into this game here, Alex? Um, I'm concerned, uh, but I honestly think that, that we have enough veteran guys where they're going to be short of nailing it into everybody's head. Listen, this is a really good team. Um, AJ Green's one of the best receivers in the NFL. They have a good running back, um, backfield. They have a good defense. Um, and I think that this is sort of the classic Bills game that'll show us the metal of this team. Because if they go in there and take care of business at in Cincy, then you know what? This is this team may be a real deal. Um, but if they go in there and basically either get blown out or fall into a trap, then it showed us sorrows that we're close, but it, this team probably won't be uh, the team that takes us to the promised land. And like we said, there's a lot of season left to go, but going into a buy at 4-1, and one, that would be probably a lot better than you know fans would have thought the bills would be at this point i think uh you know on paper a lot of fans would have thought maybe two and three you know a win over the jets and probably a win over cincinnati but uh like we said this is not a Bengals team to be overlooked andy dalton's a pretty decent quarterback he had a pretty good game last week um granted like i said it is cleveland but uh you know aj green is one of the best wide receivers out there um tyler eifert is a very very good tight end uh, Giovanni Bernard is a good tailback here. They, they have a, a good team that, you know, they had some miscues the first three weeks in. But I think at this point here, this is a game that Buffalo, I, 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 I hate to say must win, but I really think they need to win this game going into the bye. Yeah, I think this is, it's not like a must win, but it is a pretty sure pretty pretty necessary win. Like yes. I'd say like 75% we need to win this game. Just because going into a bye 4 and 1 is really it, it it just a it makes you feel better as a team but b it also just looks good. Um and it makes I, I don't think it'll make opponents to take you more seriously because I think a lot of people know this team is for real. Um but I I think that the I think the Bills will because um, I think if you work, if the Bills win this game, they can pull out seven or eight games out of their last, um, out of their last nine. You know, you can pull out six or seven games to go ten and six, eleven and five, twelve and four, somewhere in there. They can they can pull out that number of games through there. Um, I think it'll just depend. And also coming out of our bye week, everybody's going to be getting healthy. Um, you know, everybody will be back to full strength. And so I think it's one of the things where um, 
you know, the Bulls will be finally back to full strength. And it, with this win, it'll propel them even further. And then, you know, I hate to look this far ahead, but playoff picture-wise, the AFC games are really what's going to matter to the Bills when it comes to, you know, trying to push their way into a wild card spot. Because, you know, let's face it, New England, you know, they might be 2-2 two and two right now. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, but they're still New England. I still think they're going to win the division here that Buffalo's best chance to make the playoffs at this point will be as a wild card team, and these AFC games matter. That, in my opinion, is why this game was so crucial. Just the fact that it's an uh, it's an AFC matchup and it's a matchup they they should be able to win. Can they win? I I, I think they can. But uh, like I said, it's it's important just in that long term playoff picture. Yeah, and I think uh, it's pretty. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a make or break game. In all honesty, this shows me what our team is about. It, it really is going to be one of those games that shows what this team's mentality is. Because if they go in there and they beat this team, that is a very good team, an underperforming team, but a very good one, then I think this shows we are for real. Like, really, that, that we are a legit contender and that somebody who could be, um, you know, really pushing for a wild card or even the AFC East bid. Now, we still have to deal with the Patriots. They always write the ship. Always. Always write the ship. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? We we need to deal with them first. But it, it's sort of, I like their, or like sort of the, almost Belichick, not, it's a Belichick-esque. It's not really like the full Belichick, but McDermott was like, all right, we're on to Cincy. Yeah, it was a good win, but we're on to Cincy. And I sort of like that mentality of, I don't think we're going to get caught in a quote-unquote trap game because they're they're like, you know what? No, we're just fully throwing ourselves. We don't care about last week. We don't care about a record. We're just full, throwing, fully, throwing, fully throwing ourselves into this next game. Yep, and as you know, like we you said right there, just looking ahead to the next game, and that's what matters. And it's funny you use the word Belichick-esque because, you know, I was reading today, you know, Rodak pointed out that it was almost a Belichick-esque move when the Bills decided not to pay the big money uh, for Stephon Gilmore and decided to move on. <laughs> Go figure that New England's the team that decides to do that here, but some very crucial decisions here that they're almost building, you know, like you said, a formula for winning at this point uh, with the mentality of this team, next man up. Uh, you know, have your brothers back here, play as a team, strong fundamentals at this point. It, it, it feels, you know, Belichick-esque, and, you know, he, Sean McDermott is not part of the Belichick tree, but doesn't mean that you can't have that mindset and build an organization that wins based partially out of just the over principles of what is valued by the organization, but along with the structure as well. So, uh We'll see if they can hold true. I think a lot is going to be pushed on the offense this week. I expect Brandon Tate to be active uh, with Jordan Matthews out in this game. They brought back Philly Brown onto the roster. Um, so we'll see. I think first and foremost, and we, we've said it every week, Bills fans say it here, we have to be able to get the ground game going. A lot's going to go on the shoulders of LaShawn McCoy and, uh, you know, get Mike Tolbert uh you know, DeMarco was uh, relatively uh, obsolete in that game. They used him on a, was it a third and short or second and short, and it just did absolutely not pay off there. 
that, uh, yeah, they really need a lot of their ground game. And I would like to see some of the big explosive plays that, you know, we've seen LaShawn McCoy make in the past that I think getting some of those big explosive plays offense is definitely going to help ignite them as they come into Cincinnati. Yeah, and I think, um, in all honesty, it's going to be one of those things where um, I, I think you could see Philly Brown just step in and take a, not a starting role, but play. I think he could be active for this game. Um, I, I'd like to see him attack more with Kalen Clay. You know, he, he was having, he was getting open on a few routes. He looked good. Um, and I think he could push down the field a little bit. Um, There's just a few times Tyrod. Uh, had pressure right in his face and couldn't deliver the ball to him accurately. Um, I, it, this offense, even if, let's say, we don't get the run game completely started up, um, they easily... I, I, this passing attack has been enough where the, the Bengals are going to have to respect it or they're going to get burned. And, um, you know, that's the thing about this passing attack. It goes so much through the air that you can't... It, it, you can't not respect it as of yet. We tore apart the Falcons with it. Uh, we did very well against um, against the Broncos with it. And if they start opening it up early and often against the Bengals, the Bengals are going to have to step back and open up that box, which will open up more runs for Shady McCoy. Yep, that's right. Uh, they respect the run that, you know, eat him up with the pass, make him honest there, and then open up the ground game there. And I, I, I would expect, you know, Kellen Clay and uh, Tyrod Taylor to connect at one of these points. They've been they came close in that Denver game. That was probably the closest call they had there. Um, that I, I th- actually I, they did have a deep yard connection at one point as well too in that game and uh, came close there at Atlanta as well. But yeah, we'll see if uh, the ground uh, the aerial attack can open up here. Charles Clay, very much integral part of this offense. I believe he leads the team in receiving. And, uh, yeah, that's crucial in this game is, you know, use the pass to open up the run instead of the other way around here. Uh, that uh, I, I, I put a lot on this Bills offense here to, uh, you know, sustain some long drives like they did. That, uh, that drive they had that went from the third into the fourth quarter that was like over 11 minutes long. That, that was a crucial factor in the Buffalo Bills winning that football game with how much time they were able to nurse it. If they can control the clock and some more of those cliches as well here, that's going to help win this football game. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I this de- this offense needs to string together some more drives in the four-minute drill. Um, I understand McDermott um, being less aggressive with the play calling. Um, but, you know, in that situation, you want to grind as much clock as you can. But if they can just get one or two plays together on those four-minute drills, they can kill the clock. Um, They stack the box so much. I'd love to see a naked boot with Tyrod there. Have everybody just stack the box with as many people. Throw uh, Ryan Groy in there as an eligible tight end and just flow everybody to whatever, you know, strong side of the field. Have Tyrod fake it. Just have him put it in his pocket. Scoot around the corner. If he sees pressure, just get down. Take, you know, don't get hit. But if you, there's nobody there or he thinks he can make a guy miss, he could really break on one of those because there's so much. They're, they're already stacking the box so much trying to prevent the run in the four-minute drill. Um, that I honestly think the Bills could open up a uh, real glaring hole there by getting so much flow to the opposite side. And this is an aggressive defense from the Bengals. That easily, you know, could 
could happen. They could get a lot of flow to that side, and Tyrod could leak out for a huge game. So is the pressure, in your opinion, more on the Bills' offense? Or is it up to this defense that we've seen so high? Is it, you know, we have such high expectations going in, the way they've played there. Is there more pressure on this Bills' defense? I would say the offense has the more pressure. Bills, uh, the defense sort of knows what they need to do, and they really need to just do their job. I, I think the offense has a little more pressure just because the defense is going to go out there and do their thing. They're going to shut down the – they're going to hold them to 17 points. If the Bills can get to 24 points, they're going to win almost every single game they're in. All right, let's go ahead and get into predictions this week. Who do you like this week, Alex? Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to choose the Bills here. I think it's going to be um, final score 24 to 10. Um, I think that the Bengals may open up the offense a little early, but as the game goes on, uh, the Bills are going to shut it down. I, I want to pick the Bills in this game, and I really think I should pick the Bills, but superstition tells me that when I don't pick the Bills, they're probably going to win. So just based on superstition alone, I'll say Cincinnati squeaked one out by three points. We'll say 2017. Final thoughts to close out this week. Any final thoughts here to close out the week here, Alex? Um, just a few big games going on this weekend for uh, some prospects right now. Um, NC State is leading Louisville 17-13. Um, and uh, just, it, it just, it's a lot of fun to go out and watch some guys who may be a future Buffalo Bill really tear it up this year. I mean, Lamar Jackson's having a decent year. Um, I think um, Darnell from USC is having a good year. Rosen's having a good year. They've all had their moments. But, you know, it's really interesting to see as of, you know, we won't know until even till basically – probably the combine um where these guys are going to fall just because you know you know one of these guys could pull up blame in this game and it completely ruins their draft stock or go back to school for another year um but i i think it's a big big time to start for bills fans to start watching college football and start diving into some of the top recruits uh that you would like to see the bills pick and get uh comment with those underneath the underneath the link to this uh podcast all right, make sure you uh, read our work here at buffalodon.com. Follow us both on Twitter at St. Alex Jones at Bills Bruiser. This is Brad the Bruiser Rightcorn here on the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast. Go Bills. This has been the buffalodown.com podcast, part of the Fan Sided Sports Network, an R Street Media production.